Welcome to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo noirs of today. Each week, we're going to deliver a discussion of our analysis of classic noir films, and occasionally we'll interview up and coming directors and writers of new neo noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Jason D. Morris and Carly Street. That's pretty. I'm probably on one of them. You missed your own hand. <laughs> doesn't get any worse than that. <laughs> I mean, as good as that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go again. <laughs> Make it count. Oh, I did it! <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. All right, you ready to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're back for episode number three. So before we get started talking about the movie, we're going to introduce uh, a drink of the night. All right. This is something that we've um, uh, put together uh, based on the movie that we're watching. Um, An exciting moment. Yeah. and (laughs) A bit. Exciting bit. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to teach you how to make it and we're hopefully you'll drink along with us. All right. Um, lucky for you and us, it's an easy one. There's two ingredients. Um, and I'm going to let Carly explain to you how to make a highball. Me. You. Oh, I don't want to get shot. Because <laughs> you're British. You have to because apparently. OK, I'll do it. OK, so tonight's okay. drink is a highball. All right. Which is a classic sort of prohibition era cocktail. Um. And I'm, I've learned something fairly new from Carly tonight, which I thought was crazy, weird and interesting. Um, but we picked this drink because it uh, it has scotch in it um, or really it could be any liquor. But our version is going to be used uh, with scotch. Um, and because our film, The 39 Steps, a uh, portion of it takes place in Scotland. So a highball is a scotch drink with club soda. All right. You can mix it with gin, tequila. Um, it says you can mix it with a green tea infused whiskey. Um, but it's just two simple ingredients. Um, and that's what we're going to be drinking tonight. So get your scotch, get your club soda and make your drinks. All right. Um, but while you're doing that, Carly is going to tell me what I found out tonight from her about this drink in the UK or the lack there of this drink in the UK, I guess. <laughs> you don't put fizzy water in Scottish scotch, whiskey or anything. If you go to Scotland and you put stuff with that, you're going to get shot. <laughs> I actually, I while we before we were doing this, I asked my husband, I was like, would you put soda in a whiskey? And he just, he had about a minute of silence and then went through various pain faces <laughs> and eventually went, 
No! <laughs> oh my god. So I just saved you from getting murdered in the Highlands of Scotland. Maybe, because we still picked it for this week. <laughs> you, you picked it for this week. You did that. Uh, I am having nothing to do with putting things in, in scotch. <laughs> yeah, no. I, you know, scotch is a pretty light whiskey. Or, I mean, it's sort of in the whiskey family, I guess. It's, it's light. And I mean, but... You know, a little club no. soda never hurt anybody. Um, Unless you got beaten to death <laughs> for doing it. My, my husband says that a little bit of water is mm-hmm. acceptable to bring out the infusion. Okay. And an, an ice at a push. It's okay. I, yeah, okay. So I, I, I get fizzy that. water, fizzy soda water is a no-go. Okay. I can see cutting it with some water, you know, definitely over rocks. That's fine. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see the problem with club soda, but hey, when in Rome, or in this case, when in Scotland, maybe we'll just leave the club soda out. So any of, any of our listeners out there in Scotland or know any more information about the highball and the do's and don'ts of the club soda, let us know. Give us a call. Give Jason a call. Oh, give me a call. (laughs) (laughs) You can call into our number at 818-643-1441, or you can leave us a message on Anchor or... You can find us on social media. All right. So hope you enjoy your highballs as we are. Today, we are talking about a classic. Um, I, everybody might have seen or might not have seen. I, why did I even say that? I don't know why I said that. Of course, you've either seen it or you haven't. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about the classic the 39 steps darling fancy seeing you well you see the man passing in the last few minutes this is the man you want i think there miss now you're a special constable what's the idea what are you doing as long as you stay he stays murder mystery treachery romance hounded by spies hunted by police double-crossed by the woman he loves in The 39 Steps. And if I demand that you allow me to telephone to the High Commissioner for Canada in London. You better do that from London. You'll be there soon enough. I have the honor in presenting to you one of the most remarkable men in the world, Mr. Memory. What are the 39 Steps? It starts with a murder and ends in a thrill. The 39 Steps. So, Carly, um, why don't you give us a rundown of this film? Like, what's this film about? Give us a synopsis. Okay. This is, I've jazzed this up a little bit now as well. Are you ready? I am ready. A man with a groovy bit of facial hair (laughs) is framed for the murder of a spy. He goes on the run to clear his name and bring down the spy ring. Nice. Thank you. That was very concise. Did you write that? I did. I just wrote it just now before I missed my hand clapping. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So for the audience out there, Carly completely like she's supposed to like (laughs) clap on the mic so we can sync up the audio and she missed her hand. <laughs> and, and hit the microphone. <laughs> and hit the microphone. 
just to get fed up of his laughing. It's horrible. Oh my god! It's one of those times you wish you were in the room to see something and you're not. It sucks. This is why I don't have my webcam on ever. <laughs> the Russians do that. That's what I hear. <laughs> they're, just, they're just watching you, and you're you're probably a YouTube video in Russia. I'm probably old billions and billions of pounds somewhere. <laughs> <clears throat> this film Orson Welles refers to as a masterpiece. And Robert Town, who you probably know from Chinatown, uh, it's not much of an exaggeration to say that all contemporary escapist entertainment begins with the 39 steps. That one right there captured me um, because when I was watching this movie, there were so many things in this film that by today's standards would be considered a cliche. And I don't know enough about pre-1935 films to know if these things were a cliche at the time or if they were new um, and, and just ingenious sort of uh, filmmaking. Um, and we'll get to that stuff later uh, because I, there's, there was, it, there's no less than like five major things that stuck out to me where in my mind I was like, I've seen that in so many movies, but this is probably the first time it was ever done. And that's one of the things that made this movie absolutely brilliant to me. Um, but you have to be able to separate yourself from modern cinema and um, to appreciate this for the time period that it takes place. And I know for some people that might be difficult. Um, they don't typically watch older films, but you're probably not listening to us right now on this podcast anyway. So I don't know why I brought that up, but... Um, <laughs> Just covering the basis. Right. <laughs> but we'll get to that. For anyone that stumbled across by accident. Right. <laughs> this is the wrong show for you guys. <laughs> um, as I brought up in the last episode, um, I was curious to find out if this was the 39 steps that I had seen previously, if it was one of the remakes. This okay. is the one that I had seen previously. Have you seen the other two then? I have not. I, oh. I'm pretty sure this is the only one that I've ever seen. Um, but it has been about 15 years or so. I watched it when I was in film school. Um, probably, oh man, it must have been like 99, 1999, something like that. So it's actually been probably 20 years since I've seen it. <clears throat> um, and this is about the time when I was starting to sort of appreciate film noir. Um, before... I hated or, you know, or disliked Bogey, which Carly mm -hmm. is surprised about. And shocked. And shocked. And appalled. And appalled. Okay. Okay. We can stop. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest goes too far. <laughs> we sent an assassins to my door. <laughs> Over down route. <laughs> yeah. So Carly, why don't you uh, tell us what you thought of the 39. So have you seen this before? Was this your first time or has, you know, have you seen this and the other remakes? Like give us a, give us a rundown. I've seen them all. Um, oh. And actually it's been a long time since I've seen this version 
Because the one that I really like that people will probably hate me for is I really like the Robert Powell version. Okay. The 1978 one, Um, which is a bit different to this one. But fun fact, uh, do you remember in the last episode I mentioned that script about my school teachers? I may have painted them in a slightly bad light. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually coupled that together (laughs) into some sort of some sort of a long form script. And I sent it to Robert Powell with grand ideas of him being in my script. And God bless him. He sent me a little handwritten postcard back, which I have on my fireplace. No kidding. Yes. That's amazing. I know. So, so what's the postcard say? Did he say this sounds great? What did he say? Keep trying. (laughs) I mean, it it was a polite version of how nice. Um, Yeah. No, it was really nice. It was kind of like the typical, thank you so much for thinking of me. And I would really hope one day that I'd be lucky enough to star in you know, one of your scripts. Um, obviously just shredded what I'd sent to him because if he'd have read it, he'd have just left the country. Oh, I doubt that. I mean, yeah. But You're a brilliant writer. I, mean, I, again, I'm, I was you, not so good at 14. <laughs> I doubt that. I really do. Because I mean, even at your age right now, like Fragile Storm or even... Um, uh, room 19 that we're working on it, it's like you're way beyond your years in terms of writing so I am I, like a 90 year old woman trapped in a slightly younger person's body possibly I mean <laughs> that that that's you know that that could be I, I've met you <laughs> I'm, kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kidding no Carly is lovely everybody at home she's yeah she's not 90 years old but <clears throat> um, might as well be I'm like 30, 40 years older than her. Um, not by choice, but I just am. It just happened that way. But no, um, she's, she's great. She, she writes as if she is much, much older and much wiser than she actually, <laughs> I'm not, hey, I said on. that wrong. I said that wrong. You're not, not wise. <laughs> I caught myself as it was coming out of my mouth. I couldn't help it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> She writes, um, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying anymore. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Just that. Car- I write. Yeah. Carly writes. She's great. <laughs> Occasionally it makes sense. Yeah. So I highly doubt that Robert Powell didn't read it. I bet he did read it. I bet he was just like, well, okay, how much are you going to offer me kind of thing, you know, without saying it. Yeah. On the back of a postcard. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, he sent you, he took the time to send you a postcard. That's great. You're 14. Yeah. That's amazing. That, it really is. And that's why I love him. It, I sent you that script, actually. It's on um, your Celtex. Did you? It's Copper Hill. Copper. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I got a reason to read it. Yeah. And Robert <laughs> Powell, if you're out there, you know, still going. <laughs> yeah. And he is, I'm just looking up right now and make sure he's still alive. He is. And he is 75 years old. It's yeah. still 100% possible. Just He's saying. awesome. You should watch his film, his TV series, sorry, uh, The Detectives. That's hilarious. If I find it, I will. You will. You will find it. Okay. Did you know that um, the ver- his version of The 39 Steps... Uh, wait a second. Is this... Am I reading this wrong? Yeah. He, Probably. He also reprised his role from The 39 Steps in a 13-episode TV series. Like, 10 years later. That ran from 88 to 89. Did you see that as well? I, I love I love Robert Powell. So I love the yes. aspects. It's one of the best horror films ever. So that's a yes. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Um, all right. Well, very cool. So you've seen them all and the 78 film starring Robert Powell is your favorite. I will have to watch the rest of these then because I have not. And I didn't realize, well, there's a video game. Interesting. And a two, 2008 remake. There's there's four films and a video game a and a TV game. series. Yeah. 2013. The 39 Steps video game. I don't know anything about it. I've never heard of it. That's impressive, though. Oh, that's what it's listed as. I'll have to look that up. Maybe I'll uh, follow up with that in the next episode. To get back to your original question, I do like the Robert Powell version more. That's my favorite. But that's for probably for sentimental reasons. Um, I actually really like this version. I forgot how I forgot how good it was. Shame on me. Hitchcock is a master. I don't know anything about the 78 version of Don Sharp is brilliant as well. Um, but watching this film, like I said, all of the, what would be considered cliches today, um, were taking them in, in perspective as to when this film was made are absolutely brilliant. Um, and I look at this as being similar to some of the amazing things that Orson Welles did in like Citizen Kane. Um, however, Hitchcock's are more plot related, I guess. Um, opposed to the reasons behind the Citizen Kane shots that are, that are brilliant. Um, anyway, um, I totally lost my train of thought. And that's another thing that I'm going to blame on Carly. Clearly. Yes. So there you have that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, okay. Let's get back to this movie. (laughs) The 39 steps from 1935 directed by Alfred Hitchcock was based on a novel from John. How do you pronounce his last name? Buchan? 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 I don't know. I don't know, but I'm having fun. Listen yeah. to you <laughs> He's British, right? <laughs> is the was the book a uh, British novel as well as the film? I'm trying to see to see if I can pronounce it or if you're just being daft. I'm being daft, I'm sure. 100% <laughs> positive. Yeah, it's a it's a British book. Um I wish that I had done this research ahead of time. That is something I'm going to have to fix in future episodes and do this I, research ahead no, of time. I think it's more fun on the fly it's, listening to you <laughs> say things wrong. Uh, we'll see what the listeners think. If they there might are, enjoy correcting you. If there are any left after this. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Carla, let's take a break real quick and talk to our listeners about our sponsors. All right, guys, we're back and we're going to keep talking about this film. Um, Yeah, so it's based on the 1915 book uh, novel um, and it's directed by Alfred Hitchcock and it stars Robert Donnett. I knew you were going to have trouble with that. (laughs) And Madeline Carroll. (laughs) Um, I think it's, I might be wrong. I think it's Donut. Donut? Donut? No, Don- not donut. 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 Yeah, Robert Donut. Okay. I, but I might be also saying that wrong. All right. I'm going to say Donut. 
We'll just say Robert. Robert, Mr. Robert. Yeah. Okay. Um, in a well plotted, well thought out thriller. Um, and again, like I said last week, I don't really care for espionage type movies all that much, but when they're very well executed, I'm totally cool with it. I like, I love them. They're fun. Um, and this is one of them. I was super impressed by this film. Um, it starts out with just, uh, and it doesn't really give you a whole lot of backstory of our, our lead character here. No. Um, you know, I mean, you get little, little pieces of, um, of, uh, of our lead character. Like he might be from Canada because of a question that he asks, <laughs> you know, uh, things like that. Just little tiny things. Um, and he gets tied up into this, uh, this crazy espionage plot of, um, whatever the 39 steps might be. Um, you know, he, he goes to a show at the music hall. Um, after some commotion there, he runs into a woman who obviously he's just trying to help out because she's acting very strange and is like, Hey, uh, let's go back to your place kind of thing. Um, and it just sort of unravels that she's a, a spy and she, you know, people are following her. Likes Haddock. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and then she's murdered and he's, uh, you know, off and running because, you know, he's the only one there and obviously he thinks he's, you know, going to be, uh, um, be pinched for the murder and, um, he's going to try to, um, you know, finish what, uh, she started and hopefully not get killed in the process or, uh, or arrested. Um, so what did you think about this, Carly? Um, I, I know you're a fan of the 78 version and, uh, like, tell me, tell me how, I guess, give us, give me a rundown. Like, how is this one different? What I really liked about this version, it's so British. You know, like at the beginning when they're going to go see Mr. Memory. Yeah. And then halfway through the show, the ruffians at the bar, like, mm -hmm. start kicking off. Yeah. It's just typical British that are like, oh no, get the band back out while there's gunshots going off. Make them play. <laughs> come on. People will come back in. That was just, hilarious. As, as soon as I saw that, I just thought that is Britain summed up in 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And I found that fascinating because I was I wondering, yeah, I was wondering like in, in 1935, were people that rowdy? Was it, were things that crazy? Um, you know, like, especially the, the opening scene where they're, you know, seeing Mr. Memory and the, the guys at the bar being all loud and obnoxious and, you know, having fun and whatever, and a fight breaks out and, you know, and that's mimics later on. Um, it was, I, I thought it was really cool, but it was like, do people really, did they really act like this in 1935 when people would go see a show? I thought it was supposed to be more upscale and, you know, you would dress up and act, you know, you know, act your best and all that. And this seemed like it was like a, a tiny stage show at a pub or something. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was so funny. It just reminded me of a scene in a Carry On film where there, uh, I can't remember which one it is, but there's like a war going on and just the British army just sat there with cups of tea, like pasta sugar, <laughs> to like some milk. <laughs> it's like, you know, bodies flying around. Right. 
just thought I just thought that was brilliant. Just another day. <laughs> just another day. And then when the when he's trying to escape, and he makes he tells the truth to the milkman, yeah. and then in the end pretends, oh, I'm just a scoundrel, been off with somebody else's wife, and he's like, no dramas, man. Here's me coat, take your milk float. Why didn't you just say, I'll always help a brother out? <laughs> well, right, okay. Yeah. Didn't care about helping the country out like espionage secrets. Uh, you know, might fall into the wrong hands. He's like, "Nah, mate, pull the other one." Right. He'll <laughs> <laughs> happily give him a hand to escape a husband. <laughs> there must be a, a, a bunch of lying going on in in the thirties. <laughs> nobody <laughs> believes. Nobody believes anybody. <laughs> no, it's so funny. Oh man. Yeah, our our, um, our character here. He couldn't couldn't get anybody to believe him. <laughs> no. He was having a bad day, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? Part of the uh, part of the charm really is him. I think he Robert um, done it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was very charming in this film. Like he's he's just your every man sort of guy. You could tell he's, you know, well educated and, you know, um, he's charming. He carries the character very well and he does tries to do the right thing. And he's hysterical. Yeah, he's he's super funny. He's he really is. Like hilarious. Yeah, their their chemistry in this film is just fantastic. They both are super witty um, and just quick, you know, back and forth. And I I, I loved all of the moments when they're handcuffed to each other. <laughs> oh yeah, that's when he's dragging the port when they get out the car and he's dragging around like a rag doll. <laughs> yeah. No wonder she doesn't believe him. He's just trying to straighten yeah. her hair up. It's like. I watched this with my wife and she's like, just pick her up. She doesn't weigh anything. <laughs> and then two seconds later, that's exactly what he does. He just grabs her and <laughs> throws her over his shoulder and just like takes off. <laughs> and then when she's trying to take her stockings off and she passes in the sandwich, hold this yeah. and then drops her sandwich anyway. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was actually quite brilliant, especially on his part. She's pulling the stocking down. He just sort of like rests his hand on her knee. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he can't keep it there because they're handcuffed and it's just it's it's so great. <laughs> it's so well done. Um and I you know, I mean that's Hitchcock, you know, he's just so great with those moments. Um and, and the camera work, even from the opening scenes with the camera work not being able to see this lead character, very mysterious. You know, we don't know why. I and mean, there's no really no reason for it. Mm. Like there's no there's no reason to to keep our lead character in, you know from us but uh it's he sets it up very well um you know with the opening shot getting the ticket the shadow on the wall you know of the marquee or whatever and then just shots of the feet and from behind and he sits down you know it's just it was really brilliant way to open up the movie and he kept that going throughout the the film and and that's kind of where i i started picking up on all of these you know modern day cliches that back then were not cliches at all um and it really, it really hit me not only with the sort of um, dynamic between um, Madeline Carroll and Robert uh, Dunnett, but just plot things that would happen, such as when he gets shot and it, it hits the Bible. Yeah. It doesn't kill him. Right. Like when he gets shot, I'm like, literally like, holy crap. They just did. They just really pull a psycho and, and like we're going in a completely different direction. Did they just kill the lead, you know? Um, but then like he's, he's in the police station and like explaining his story and the bullet hits the Bibles for that. How many movies have we seen where something like that happens? Even from, uh, um, oh, what is it? Uh, the Clint Eastwood film, you know, the, the spaghetti Westerns or, or, I mean, then they 
pulled that off in, in Back to the Future. Or, I mean, there's so many movies that have used that sort of, uh, you know, thing, that sort of device. And then later on when he's escaping from the police and he mixes into like a parade that's happening outside. And I mean, we've seen that tons of times, whether it was like the fugitive or whatever it might be. Um, and there's so many like little, little things like that. Hiding behind the waterfall was another one um, where I, I really, I want to dive in. And I want to research to find out if these moments in this movie were the first time that these were, were pulled off. Um, cause that's not only you know, brilliant script writing, but, um, you know, also great directing. And I wonder if those moments are in the, the novel. Cause I, I'm going to have to read the novel now too, cause I'm, I'm really curious, um, to find out if this is, uh, if these were done before. Hmm. Did you pick up on any of those by the way, or were they just sort of like, you know, just there? Uh, I didn't really pick up on any specifically, to be honest. Okay. All right. I did. I've seen them so many times, you know, um, but uh, yeah, I, I just really feel. But I was quite immersed in the, in the film, but at one point I wasn't even taking notes. Oh yeah. I found myself kind of uh, just, oh, whoops, I was supposed to be writing about this. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that why. But that's because it was fun. So. Yeah. But you know, I, it, <laughs> right when it starts to feel a little stagnant or stale, um, we get into the scene where he is, he's running from the cops or I, I guess I can't remember if they're the real cops or the fake cops at that point. <laughs> he's running from everybody. He's just running. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he shows up to like the little political meeting. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's just brilliant. It's another one of those sort of moments that might be, you know, today's standards might be a cliche where he sits in somebody's seat who's late to showing up and happens to be the main speaker of the night or whatnot. And they call the person's name and everybody's like looking at him and he's like, oh, shit. That's me. <laughs> yeah. And he he handled it brilliantly. He gets up there, you know, he's using his charm and his charisma and it's just like, he just goes at it. And, um, and he has these moments that he's a fantastic actor because he really played that so well. Um, even to a moment where he's kind of stuttering slightly, but like he just carries it so well. Um, and it just, it just kept, you know, it just kept things rolling. It was just funny. Uh, and, and just interesting just to, just to see him play that role. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was really great. And I was really surprised that, um, Madeline wasn't in it for so long. Yeah, I, I thought that she was used very well, though. Um, yeah. And I, I liked because it, it sort of it had a same sort of feel in terms of their meeting and them ending up on this adventure as the big steel, which we talked about last week, mm -hmm. where he meets her sort of in advance and then they're separated and then they come back together. Um, and I thought that worked really well. Um you know, uh, but again, she was somebody that he couldn't convince. Like this whole movie spends him trying to convince people that he can't convince until they find out from other people, basically. Um, which was another fun moment too, where she slips her hand out of the handcuff. Um, and another sort of, you know, thing we've seen in a lot of recent movies. So there's lots of fun stuff in this movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought this was a, a great pick, Carly. Good. Thank you. I am a genius. Yeah, you're always a genius and to you. <laughs> <laughs> In my own little world. <laughs> um, I was really, i completely forgotten as well. Um, you, do you have Dad's Army over there? What? Do you have a TV series called Dad's Army? Have you ever heard of it? No, it I've, never, I've ah. never heard of it, but I don't have cable either. 
Oh, for God's sake. Well, that's something else you're going to have to find. Um, there's a Scottish actor who's in this that I completely forgot about. He, went, he plays a Private Fraser, I think, in Dad's Army. And okay. he's hilarious in that. And he's so sinister and scary in this. So is this sort of like a mash kind of, you know, what mash is? Yeah. Is this sort of like a sort of like a mash show? I'm seeing that it might be on uh, Netflix. It's or... it's really, really funny. Don't find the dodgy remake film. Okay. Stay away from that. Okay. Don't give it any clicks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't encourage it. Well, now you're going to make me want to watch it. because <laughs> No, you watch the TV series first. <laughs> okay. Well, Dad's Army is old. Okay, so it's 1968. Nine seasons. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. Is this like Hogan's Heroes or is it more like MASH? Do you know either of those? I know MASH, but I, look, just watch it. I'm not going to describe okay. it for you. Right. And then you go, oh, I don't really like that. I'm not going to watch that. All right. I'll check it out. I will check it out. Uh, I will take a look. All right. So as the movie progresses and we get to the end and everything sort of like plays out well and the hero saves the day and everything i i was i felt pretty impressed with the movie um i thought it was a fun watch i thought there was a lot of uh, um, chemistry between the characters and i thought it was very well acted um i will i'll actively seek out um more stuff from these uh from these actors um i know a lot of hitchcock stuff but um i'll i'll look out for uh Donut or donut, whatever, however. It's not donut. <laughs> I can't understand what you're saying to me. <laughs> it sounds like you're saying donut. <laughs> Robert. Oh, now you're confusing me. I can't say it. Help us out, listeners. Let us know how to pronounce his name. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to. Don't. We're not. We're donut. Don't. That's what I said. Donut. It's not donut. <laughs> I don't think it is either. I'm saying it's done it. <laughs> We're not oh, trying to be man. disrespectful. I think he's brilliant. And if you know how to proper pronunciation of his last name, let us know. And also you should watch the Count of Monte Cristo because he's in that. Okay. He's really good. I, I've seen that. Uh, it's been a really long time as well, but I'll have to check that out. Well, I know there's various versions of it, but I've definitely seen a classic, yeah, a classic version. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> so Carly on our uh, scale of one to 10 gen bottles, <laughs> what would you give the 39 steps? I'd give it a 10. Oh my goodness. We are agreeing on something. Yes. I would give it a 10 because for the simple fact, everything's brilliant and we could go on and on about it for hours. But I think the single best thing in the whole film is that he brings down an elite organization of spies by shouting at a performer in a club that's got a whole show called Crazy Month. And gets him killed. Yeah, <laughs> gets him killed. That. And then he's just like, awesome. Yeah, literally, like we're watching it and um, <laughs> this guy starts, you know, telling us what the 39 steps is and then gets shot and stumbles into the back and then gives the cops the, you know, what you know he was supposed to remember all the schematics of whatever it is um and i'm like oh cool like they just figured it out what you know whatever and my wife's like yeah and he got him killed <laughs> and i'm like i'm like uh well he feels better now though because he got it off his chest <laughs> yeah he died happy right he made him happy he's just a giver that cost him that caused him a lot of stress and he was able to just like let it go 
I, I just, I love the fact that, like, I, I, on this series now, I love the fact that the opening is the ending. I no, love when films go in a circle. I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was thinking, how, how's he going to unravel all this? Because it's so, there's no way out. It's so complicated. Turns out, just stand up and accost somebody and the whole network of uh, elite spies just falls apart. Right. And it's it's one it's a classic um, Alfred Hitchcock MacGuffin um, with with what the whole thing that he's memorizing. We get to hear it, but it's still like in the scheme of the, the movie, it doesn't really matter what it is. He exposed the 39 steps. And then that was really the, you know, him getting off the hook of murder and exposing the 39 steps. And that information that he's carrying doesn't get out of the country. You know, the guy could have, you know, the audience could have never heard it and it would still work just as well. And it probably would have been better if they we didn't actually hear it because we don't know what the hell he's talking about anyways it sounds like he's describing some sort of like engine of some sort i don't know yeah like stealth or something yeah maybe i, I have no idea but um yeah it's just it's it like you said it being bookended like that but bookended in a way where we're not actually seeing the opening of the film again you know we're seeing another version of the opening you know is is really cool it's really interesting i agree with you carly i would also give it 10 gen bottles um out of 10 I thought it was a very well-made film. I'm, I'm very happy I got to see it again. It's been a long time, and I don't think I fully appreciated it the first time that I saw it. Um, so that's impressive because you're at you are a very like mean reviewer. <laughs> Am I? You gave the big steals like seven, and you said you really liked it. I did. I, I really like, but it wasn't like it wasn't an amazing. Like it didn't amaze you. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Uh... What is the word I'm looking for? Human, it, it didn't it didn't break the mold, you know what I mean? It it, oh, okay. it was a well-made movie, but it didn't like the 39 steps to me like broke ground. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure anyways. Like I said, I still have to research some of that stuff, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the things that we see in this film are the first time that that's been done. And that impresses the hell out of me. Um with The Big Steel, it's just a well-made film. Like they're all very competent and it's just well-made, you know, and that's, I, I like it. I would watch it again, but it didn't, it didn't break any new ground. I don't think, you know, and, and listeners, please let me know if I'm wrong. Maybe there's stuff in there that, you know, was, was new or, you know, please made this do. impressive. Please tell him he's wrong. Because I could be, I very well could be. I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to tell when you're going back without being like, a, you know, a film noir historian or something, you know, and, and knowing the absolute ins and outs of everything, which I don't, I'm not going to try to pretend that I do. There's plenty that I don't know. And I would love to keep learning. So please give us a call. Uh, you know, if, if, if I'm wrong, I would love to hear it, but, uh, yeah, 39 steps definitely impressed me. Um, you know, I 10 gens. All right. So there I have a guy. <laughs> yeah, but you've had 10 gins. I, it's these highballs, I'm telling you. A little bit of club soda. And <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of club soda in your yeah, way. I, I think I'll, I, I must have, you know, the number two and three, I forgot to put the club soda in, so it's just been straight. Oops. <laughs> At least you'll survive in Scotland. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they don't kill me after the first one. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> so there you have it, folks. I got it out. <laughs> <laughs> the 39 Very steps, 10 gens out of gen. No, 10. <laughs> 10 gens out of gen. <laughs> 10 
10. <laughs> shit, I can't See, do it. You, you close gone, out the you show. Gone. You close out you the show. You should have gone with 10 Carlies. 10 Car. Yeah, I should have. I don't know. I'd probably mess it up too. 10 Carlies out of Carlies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. There you have it, folks. The 39 steps. And that's our take on it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I want to throw out um, a new movie for next week. If I can do that. Is it okay if I pick? Did you, you pick? Fine. Yeah, you picked the 39 steps, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's technically my turn. turn. It is my turn. And I'm good with that. I'm totally happy with taking a turn because I get to either delight you or torture you. I feel like you have something already lined up <laughs> that you're just, you know, pretending you've figured it out on the fly. Oh, is that, is it coming off that way? Because I'm yeah. totally figuring this out on the fly. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie I haven't seen. I recently saw it posted in a film noir group and it looks interesting because there's this badass slap <laughs> that oh. I saw that was like, shocking to me when, <gasps> I, when I clicked you are it shocked. I was it was like holy crap that looked like that was not planned <laughs> <laughs> and I've never seen this movie um so this will be fun I don't know if you've seen it but it's called Mildred Pierce <gasps> oh it's a 1945 uh, film Joan Crawford yes Joan okay, Crawford I, ha I have seen it but it was a very very long time ago I couldn't really place too much right now okay i'm excited to see this because that little uh video or whatever it was that i saw was just like whoa it just looks like it was not something planned that just happened on set i don't know but i can't wait <laughs> to see this so uh listeners at home if you want to check out mildred pierce before the next show um please do uh we'll figure out what our drink's gonna be um, you know, so stay tuned for that. Um, and, uh, I think maybe if we're lucky enough, we're going to have a guest on, uh, our next show. That's going to, uh, be our bartender and explain our, uh, our drink for the week. Um, and yell at us if we have an offensive drink. Right, right. And, and yeah. he's going to let us know everything that's wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in terms of British standards, <laughs> of course, because apparently there are um, there are differences in, in how there's you, an etiquette. Yeah, there is an etiquette, love. There's there's a there's a difference in etiquette between uh, Britain and uh, and the U.S. in terms of consuming alcohol. Which, we're very civilized. <laughs> well, I, I thought we were, too, but I guess not. We'll see. <laughs> We will see what happens. Like when we kick off and throw drinks around in the bar, I mean, they're well-poured drinks. <laughs> they're going over people's heads. You get to experience it in a completely different fashion. Yeah. <laughs> All over it's you. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> who needs to drink a drink? <laughs> <laughs> when you can experience it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I can't wait to, to see what we come up with for this one. Um, all right, guys. Uh, until next week, um, you know, again, like I said, if you want to get in touch with us, you can give us a ring at 818-643-1441 or find us on social media um, and, you know, maybe suggest a film or uh, if, like I said, if you're a filmmaker, we'd love to bring you on as a guest and interview you and uh, 
Until next time. Bye-bye. He's looking at you, kid. this week on the Speakeasy Noir cast. Make sure to visit our website, resurrectionfilms.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up, available now on Amazon, or you can check out one of our films available on Amazon Prime. 